Are payments actually the killer app for blockchain? Let's find out at Blockchain from the Block. Luca, I think you owe me some money and you need to pay me by cryptocurrency. Catch me if you can. That's what you always say. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'll pay it. Give me your wallet, send me your wallet address and we'll talk. Oh, good. We're talking. So payments as the killer app for blockchain. What does that mean? I mean, why is it even important? I mean, yeah, we know Bitcoin and everything else. What's new? Who cares? I mean, that's the, this is how it all started. When people are at the beginning, uh, started talking about Bitcoin uh, before the term blockchain was coined, they were referring both to the system itself and the currency that powered it. Were they part of the system? Yes, they are. That's the that's the whole point. I mean, Bitcoin was the first fully decentralized system that allowed you to transfer value from one point to another without relying on anyone. I mean, when I say anyone, I mean a central system like a bank or a credit card company or a post office uh, company or something like this. So basically it allowed you to transfer value from one point in the world to, let's say, if I want to pay someone in Brazil from Croatia right now, from the Balkans. To know Brazil is nowhere close to Croatia. <laughs> <laughs> that basically in, in a normal world scenario, that means that you have a couple of... Uh, uh, ways to do that. You can go and issue a bank payment, a wire transfer. And Slate and so on. Exactly. So it's it's quite costly. It takes you a lot of time. It Basically, you can issue the transaction only between 9 and 5 or 8 to 4 in the, the working hours of the bank, only during the week, not only during the weekends, and etc., etc., and basically, if the bank doesn't like the payment, if they think it's, uh, I don't know, suspicious transactions, they can basically just take the money. The same thing is with Western Union. The same thing is with PayPal and credit cards and all of the other things. So what Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies kind of introduced is this money of the next century, let's say money for the modern times that allows you to do an instant transaction of whatever amount you want with a f just fraction of the cost and almost instantly right now. So at this point, you can send hundreds of thousands of dollars from one point in the world to another point in the world for basically 0.0001% of the, the transaction. How, how, how long do you think that it will take for most people to understand this big benefit Bitcoin? I, I think that still in the mainstream, although... Bitcoin is obviously another cryptocurrencies are well known and like written about and so on. Like most people still don't understand this very practical benefit of it. It's it's all about either mining or speculation yeah. and stuff like that. So th there is a big difference. I mean, of course, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, Eternity, all of the cryptocurrencies and tokens behind it still need to mature. At this point, the biggest flaw is still they're super volatile. They're a speculative, you know, they, 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 they have this speculative nature to a lot of people and a lot of people can earn significant amounts of money on, on basically betting that it will rise or fall and selling early and, and you know, and, uh, sorry, buying early and sell, selling uh, on the peak. And I think we need to solve this, this issue first. It will even out in the next couple of years, five to 10, maybe even 
less. The, the, the basic point of this is that I don't think people need to understand this. New services will start to arise in the next couple of years that will allow this by default. People will accept it because it's super efficient. It's 10 times... It just works. Exactly. It just works. Like Revolut today, for example, you get a credit card, a debit card, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, for you, whatever is in the background, it's irrelevant for you. You don't care as long as it works in a proper way. And I know a lot of people in the fintech industry. I know a lot of people in the banks and they say, yeah, but it's not a credit card. It's not a card. They're not earning money and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter for the end user the end result is the only thing that matters. And this is what's going to happen also with the cryptocurrencies. Right now, the major issue of, let's say, Bitcoin is that nobody wants to use it as a transactional platform. Why? Because of the price increase. You know, you have all these stories that a certain person 10 years ago sent 10,000 Bitcoins to buy, to purchase a pizza for the first time in, in the history. And then you have many, many examples later on of people you know, using it to transact, to buy a t-shirt. I mean, heck, I did the same back in, I think I found a transaction from 2012 or 2013 where I paid effectively 7,000 euros of today's value of Bitcoin for six months of hosting a website. Oh, I hope that was good posting. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it was super fast. No, it was great. It was <laughs> great. But that's the main point. You don't want to sell something that can increase in value and becomes more of a store of value than a transactional uh, type of thing. But still, the fact remains, this is super fast and it does not rely on anyone. And I'll tell you why this is important is because... I know a lot of people, it happened to me personally that my, for example, PayPal account was blocked with 3,000 euros on it because PayPal decided that some papers were not filed in a proper way when I was running uh, Hub385 here in Croatia. And they said, you know what, um, we don't think that you filed your papers in a proper way, so you cannot withdraw that money anymore. This created, you know quite a lot of turmoil for us internally because we were counting on this money. I mean, you have also, I think, a mutual friend of ours were selling, I think... Um, what oh, was the pants. Yeah, the... What the for jeans. Exactly. Yeah, people blocked them. It was a whole... I mean, they, they halted all their revenue. Exactly. For, for a, a couple of months. Yeah. For a was, couple of months. Basically, it, it, it killed their business. So if you rely on a central service and central authority and you put all of your trust, you know, in their hands, if they've reached that trust you're basically screwed and your business dies or you know, you, you, you're hungry. So you have many, many situations like this. That's why this kind of, it removes the monopoly from whoever is controlling the, the money supply right now and the value supply right now. If people go back to barter, barter trade, so I trade you a, an egg for, a, I don't know. A, the chicken. A chicken or something like this. <laughs> you know, um, that basically gives police Please, please trade me an egg for a chicken. No, thank you. I want to see that <laughs> transaction. But yeah, so cryptocurrencies and payments are the killer app for blockchain. It's absolutely it, what it I mean, makes... it's, 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 it's not a killer app. I mean, this is something which is... So let's talk about Bitcoin, for example. Bitcoin is a platform and at the same time is a currency. And they, they cannot be kind of distinguished between each other. So it is a platform. You can build services on top of that platform using different kinds of things. You can create it as a super fast payment network like Lightning. And in certain cases, you can create it, um, you know, you can, you can build 
apps on top of it. Let's take Eternity, for example, or Ethereum. The whole advancement here is smart contracts. Smart contracts are also called sometimes programmable money, which basically tells you one thing is that I can, what if I can write something on a $10 bill that says if tomorrow... Eon gives you a neck. No. If tomorrow, let's say, there is rain in Ghana, Ivan receives this $10 bill. I'm really hoping for that rain. <laughs> this is programmable money. If a certain condition happens, you receive something. If I do some work for you, for example, if Luca uploads a presentation to the Dropbox folder by Monday in the morning, 9 in the morning, Luca will receive this bill, this banknote. In order for this to work, you cannot rely on a centralized centralized service. Otherwise, you would not trust this contract to be, to execute. Because it's reliant on somebody else. Exactly. So that's the whole thing. The transactions are something... So we're still in the early, early stages and early years of the using Bitcoin, Ethereum, Eternity, NEO, and all of the other cryptocurrencies as a payment network. But what's going to happen after it's adopted is going to be beautiful. <laughs> No, seriously. I mean, the the Binance. Oh, it, it just sounds so so perfect. It's gonna be beautiful. <laughs> now, I mean, it's gonna enable abundance of 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 new business models, of new services, of new things that right now we cannot imagine. Look, if you go back to 1984 and somebody would describe you 2019, and you know, for him, this sounds like super science fiction. Yeah, of course, Apple is successful. That's the... That's the and not only this, I mean, <laughs> not only this, but that, that's the whole thing. If you build a platform, you cannot imagine what kind of things are going to be built on top of that platform. I'll give you an example in our case. In the case of Eternity, one of the major flaws of the things that we see right now is that you have scalability issues. Eventually, in the next couple of years, they're going to get solved. So you have transactions that need to be verified as they happen, and then pulled on chain so basically verified and put in the blockchain so it's distributed within all of the nodes so we know that this transaction happened in our case there is an implementation of something called a state channel state channel is a simple protocol that describes a simple thing you and i can open a channel of communication towards us once we open it whatever we do within that channel is between you and me we don't pay any kind of transaction fees Because for us, it's not important that it's verified in the blockchain right now. In maybe a, a day or a couple of hours, it might be. It basically allows you to mimic the things that are happening right now in the real world with the cash. So I give you a $10 bill. There is no intermediary between it. There is no, I don't know, obstacle between it. It basically transfers value from my hands to your hands immediately. But what where complexity adds, where... where If you are standing, uh, if you go to US right now and I need to wire you some money, give you some money, I can send it in a in an envelope and then, you know, hold my fingers that nobody's going to steal that money. Or, you know, I can try to use some of the existing services like PayPal, like, I don't know, Apple Pay, WeChat, WePay and all of these things and rely on a third party. And if that third party likes it, then they're going to, you know, pull it through. And in 99% of the chances, it might happen. But if I'm, a, I don't know, a Chinese dissident or, you know, they just don't like my transaction, they can cut it. In our case, in the case of using cryptocurrencies for something like this, this cannot happen. And that's the beauty of the whole thing. So when people are asking, okay, show me what goods 
has come up from cryptocurrencies mm -hmm. and blockchain, yeah. I show them this. So for the first time in the you know history of human race, you can send value and transfer value without anyone in between. You, there is no central bank, there is no credit card company, there is no company in between. It you know it just happens by the nature of the platform itself, and that's a beautiful thing that can unlock amazing things in the future that I cannot imagine right now. I can imagine imagine like the first and the third step, the things that are going to happen, like fourth layer and fifth layer and sixth layer. Yeah, if this we go is back to an, uh, one of the prior episodes, it's like thinking about what if the iPhone becomes successful? What does that mean? Like mm -hmm. most of the, of the apps and the solutions and everything that we got because of the success of mobile platforms like the iPhone and Android, we couldn't even think of. Yeah, exactly. But now, if the same happens with blockchain, especially in the in the payment space, it could really disrupt things. What I'm wondering is how long it'll take. Because yeah, it it for the mobile phones it didn't take that long. And well, if it, did. it happens Well it did, if you think about it. I'm a huge mobile enthusiast. You know me for, for a long time. I'm I am i am like a mobile phone freak. You're so the first guy in Zaga that I knew with an iPhone, honestly. I was smuggling it from you. <laughs> <laughs> Back in two thousand six. <laughs> 2007. So look, main adoption of the whole thing, I mean, there were mobile phones, there were smartphones before all of iPhones and Androids came out, but they were clunky, they were exciting devices, but they were clunky experimental in most of the cases. You had a GSM module for a pocket PC, an iPad or a Palm Spring uh, or a visor, but it was, yeah. Oh my God. Ancient history. But I'm thinking like Palm Pre also. Exactly. Jeez. Palm Pre. That was a good device. That was a good device. No, no so, nowhere. But look, <laughs> it took maybe almost 15 years from the first devices to the real disruption that happened. Not in 2007 when the iPhone came out, but maybe 2011, 2012 when the killer app, the basic killer app of the mobile industry, uh, the App Store on a mobile phone came out. And we discussed this a little bit earlier. It happens as the industry grows and everybody is... It's like looking your, uh, at yourself in the mirror, you know, every day. And you, you don't change to yourself. You're, you look exactly the same, but someone who hasn't seen you in 10 years... Say, oh, man, you grew so old, you're bald, you're very fat. <laughs> or, or you became a mature you know, person, just like an industry, just like this. Ten years ago, Bitcoin was an experiment, quirky code experiment of digital money, of some weird guy who is maybe Japanese, maybe it's not. And ten years from now, you have an industry that is trying to build platforms, services, and different kinds of things you know, on top of their platforms and trying to push it. And this is exactly the same thing as the early days of the internet, the early days of the mobile industry, the early days of electricity. You don't know what's going to work unless you try it and you prove that either it does work or it doesn't work. What we have proven in these 10 years is that there's a lot of things that Bitcoin is or blockchain is, and there's a lot of things that blockchain and Bitcoin isn't and cannot be. Step by step, I think. And one of the things that, I mean, people can argue whatever they want, but the one thing is very hard to argue against is that this is by far the most superior form of 
payment in form of transaction between two persons right now in the space. Seems that payments will be the killer app for blockchain. Uh, this was Luca and Diebebe. I hope you liked this episode and I'm sure that some of you who are interested in cryptocurrencies and not just blockchain will like it as well. Uh, like, share, subscribe, and let's talk about it on social media. Thanks for listening to Blockchain from the Block.